The Church Media Podcast, episode 194, Why Outsourcing Design is the Smart Choice, with Ryan Hulk. Let's do it. This is the Church Media Podcast. The definitive podcast for helping you create dynamic experiences and build solid media production teams at your church. Exclusive interviews and church media training from the best minds in ministry and Christian entertainment. Useful, practical content in the areas of audio, lighting, video, stage design, volunteer culture, and more. Broadcasting from the ministry headquarters of 1230 Media, here's your host, Carl Barnhill. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Last week, we talked with communications strategist Ryan Hulk about why you need to think through your strategy before diving into the nitty gritty of creating graphics and print pieces for your church and your worship experience. This week, we bring Ryan back for more. We're going to be talking about why outsourcing your graphic design is the smart choice. We'll break down the money differences, the time, the skill level, and all the details. But first, I want to encourage you guys to check out the new multi-season series on the life of Christ. It's streaming right now at vidangel.com. It's called The Chosen. I did an interview with the director of that show, Dallas Jenkins, who's a church media guy. I talked with him about how God used a huge failure in his life to move him into what he's doing now. You can watch that full interview at 1230.media forward slash the chosen. The link will take you to a blog post entitled Learning from Failure, and it's at 1230.media forward slash the chosen again. 1230.media forward slash the chosen. Be sure to check that out today. Here's a little clip of the trailer of the Chosen, to give you a little bit of taste of what the series is like. Check this out. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. Recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. And to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What do you want from me? Hey guys, again, that was a clip from The Chosen. Be sure to check out my full interview with the director of that show, fellow church media guy, Dallas Jenkins. It's all at 1230.media forward slash The Chosen. Check that interview out today. This is an exclusive interview from the ministry of 1230 Media. Here is church media coach, Carl Barnhill. Hey guys, today I welcome back Ryan Holt to the podcast. Ryan shows church communicators simple practical steps to creating stronger events, drawing higher attendance, and creating stronger buy-in from volunteers. You can check out his free church event promotion kit and other resources at Rad Ideas. I had Ryan on the show last week. We talked about several ways that your church can be more strategic with communication. So if you missed that episode, feel free to jump back to last week's 
and uh, and check that out. Ryan was uh, incredible. Uh, the superb content was coming out of you last week, dude. I mean, uh, thanks, just, man. I was blown away. Oh, that's awesome. I I appreciate that. It's, you know, it's always interesting to uh, to share stuff and realize that even though we've come from various church backgrounds, that church communications, a lot of churches are struggling with the same issues. Yeah. You know, just keeps coming back to those same core things. You know, this is this might be a rabbit trail, but just follow me here. So yeah. we we see that, too. You might see this with what you're doing with graphics for churches is we see that the Holy Spirit kind of it's amazing if we get a quote or if we get a, a project for a church and it's, say, on Jonah or Ephesians or whatever, it's amazing to see multiple churches across the United States and around the world that are also doing Jonah and Ephesians. Mm-hmm. They have no clue that each other's doing—it's amazing to see the Holy Spirit do that. Do you see that? Uh, I do see it some or in seasonal things yeah. where somebody will do it, and then the next season it's almost— it, the content isn't the same, so it's not like they're following, but they definitely it it's yeah, there's definitely some some uh, follow through there. God is doing something that we don't understand. Yeah. So I think with that and what you were mentioning with just kind of some of the same church struggles, I think that it's it's just interesting to look at it from a kind of a freelance outsource perspective like me and you do and kind of yep. see, man, that you know, the church is struggling in these areas all at once or working on these kinds of things all at once. Right. You know, just interesting. Um, all right. So that was, that was freebie right there. <laughs> uh, all right. So today I want to talk about graphic design and why <clears throat> we're going to make some people mad in this episode. Here we go. Why outsourcing your design is the smart choice. And we were talking about this kind of uh, before we started recording a little bit that um, we're in similar markets a little bit. Both of us serve churches in the area of custom graphics. We do some video work too. You do some print work. Um, So answer this right off. Why is this not a sales pitch? All right. So me and you both do custom graphics. So people listening to this might be that, oh, great. It's a sales pitch. Uh, Of course, they want us to outsource graphics. So set me up here. Why is this not a sales pitch? Why is this the strategic thing to do for you to outsource design at a church? So for me, it it really comes back to or down to what are you trying to accomplish as a church? And what with your limited resources, how are you going to pull off everything God is calling you to do? And so for me, it's it's not about a sales pitch only because I think it's it's the wise thing for churches at the very least to at least consider is would this help us move forward in specific measurable areas as a ministry if we don't have to think about having someone we've got to pay full time who's in the room who when we when we need something we pick up the phone we send an email uh, and the job gets done but we don't have to be thinking about all the background stuff the HR stuff the management piece all the taxes all the things that sometimes get missed um, but you know can we save time and resources in this process yeah and I think that if we like look at the numbers specifically yep. And you're going to spend thirty to forty grand a year on a graphic designer, roughly. Okay, minimum. Right, uh, and that includes. Yes, you have them there for meetings. Yes, uh, 
Uh, you know, they're there for other things in-house. I get that. I understand that. But from a pure money standpoint, if you pay them 30 to 40 grand a year, you're going to pay an outsource guy at the most seven, 800 bucks a month, possibly mm-hmm. for graphics, yep. um, something like that. Um, so compare that to the two or $3,000 that you're paying them monthly, you know, monthly for a full-time guy. Right. Is that gap worth it for them to be in the meeting? Is that gap worth it for you to get to burn them out on a Saturday night? <laughs> or is that gap worth <laughs> I don't mean to I don't mean to pick on people too much, but we we know kind of the reality sometimes of what's going on. So walk me through that. Am I am I off base here uh, money wise? No, you are totally and completely. uh, In fact, I just did some research on this recently and um, Glassdoor.com has some research about hourly rates. And I did it specific to California because the cost of living here is a little higher uh, than other places in the country. And and you're dead on. You were looking like for someone with experience who knew what they were doing and could deliver designs uh, consistently and on time. You were looking at thirty to forty thousand a year, um, and that was just the reality of having a full time person. When you took into account their entire package, not just what they saw, but like what it actually cost the, the organization. Right. Um, and so. You know, I go in and I talk to a church and I say, we could do this for, you know, under 10 grand a year and provide everything yeah, that person it. was doing. And if you even want some communications strategy help, you want that, you know, we have a question, let's pick up the phone. You know, we're still only talking 12, 13 grand a year and you you have 90 percent of what you would have with a person in the in the the building. Um, and all I need is a point of contact on staff who I know is the person I talk to. So, you know, I'm not interfacing with 12 staff members. It's, you know, coming through one person. Um, all of a sudden, like the, the ability to think that way really expands. So walk me through this and this is not a, a pastor bash by any means. Uh, so I want to be clear on that. We are not bashing pastors at all, but let's walk through maybe some of the reasonings why a church would choose a full-time over an outsource situation. Uh, I would guess meeting, uh, and I mentioned a few of them in, yeah. in jest too, but uh, the meetings, the I guess you have them there in the office that you can kind of see what they're working on. They can collaborate with you. But every reason I can think of, you're going to get in that outsource guy. They're a phone call away or a Skype call away. Mm. Um, so uh, what's the reason maybe not to do outsource? Can you think um, of some good reasons to, like, well, this is why I need to keep my designer in-house? So the churches that I've found who have decided against it, it comes down to they want to look somebody in the eye. Um, and that there is a little bit of distrust with the with designers that it really takes as long as you say it does to create something. Um, and unfortunately, things that, like Canva and other services that just make it look magical um, don't help in that process because, well, I could throw something together 
you might be able to, but is that going to do everything you need it to? Is it, are you going to have 15 versions of it for use in every application your church is going to use? Um, you know, and if so, how much time is that going to take? And, you know, I talked to church and I'm like, okay, so tell me how long did that take? You know, I could have done custom in less time than that. And you'd have gotten everything you needed plus really like, yeah. Well, how do you do that? Well, I know I've been doing I'm, it for yeah. 15 years. I, you know, I, I've got systems built so that I know how to create it. Um, I create it right the first time. So I'm not recreating it 15 times. Um, so uh, for me though, there seems to be some distrust there and this, like, how is that? I mean, I remember the first time I had a conversation with a pastor where I said, okay, it's Thursday. And what you just pitched is a 20 hour project for Sunday. And it's Thursday at 2 p.m. Like, there's no way that we can pull that off for Sunday. Two weeks ago, we could have done this. I can't do that this week. Hell, 20 hours? That's if I'm moving fast. How is it that it takes it? Well, it takes it. It became an education moment for me because I realized it was my bad as the communications guy. I had not explained that we do 100-plus deliverables in our church to pull off everything we do in a communications run that doesn't just happen in five minutes like i have to create it but then i got to create a hundred versions of everything so um part of it is i we just have not done a good job of communicating that that it takes time quality takes time and um and so if you have you're expecting the person in the room to look at them and just magically happen. It just doesn't happen that way. I mean, outsource guy, doesn't matter who it is. They aren't going to pull it off that fast. So, so, and, and I've, I've gone super off road our notes here, but yeah. let me ask right. you this. Um, how can I build trust between if I'm a pastor, how can I build <laughs> trust with my communications guy or vice versa? Um, for me, the biggest, the thing that made the biggest difference was an open door policy. For for me to sit and say, um, my I may not always be the decision maker, but my voice is being heard in the process. Um, and so, whether that's inviting you into some of those even senior meeting, senior level meetings where you're talking about, say, the sermon series that's you know where are we going in the next six months as a church? What sermon series are we going to preach to go there? Um, whether I actually could affect the conversation or at least know that I could walk in and have my voice be a part of it, huge game changer. Uh, it it gave me buy-in to know, hey, they're at least listening to the reality of what it takes. Um, but it also bought, it built trust with the senior leadership and myself to know we're, we're accomplishing things differently, but we're on the same team. Right. Um, like we want the same life change to happen in the pews. Yours is being handled from a speaking of the word. Mine is a visualization to support the speaking of the word. But at the end of the day, the two work hand in hand. And that made a huge difference. Whether I always had a seat at the table or I at least knew my voice was being heard there, I could speak into it, uh, made a huge difference. 
All right, so you walk through, and we've probably hit on several of these, but let's yeah. walk through your four reasons why I should outsource my design. Okay. Um, so for me, as I talk to churches, the number one reason churches are considering it comes down to time. Um, as we know, most church positions, you have 12 things on your to-do list. Like there are 12 hats that you you are responsible for, and you are constantly going each day, which hat am I holding today, and who do I have to connect with? And so um, as you're thinking about it, do we actually have the time to physically create everything that's needed for our ongoing communications? Um and knowing it's not going to just be a five-minute project. It's, you know, do I have time to spend, you know, four, six, eight hours on this specific thing and building everything out we need um, to do that once a week or at least two or three times a month for most churches, you know? And so, um, you know, is that even an option? Can we consider it? Um, can we fight the learning curve of software? Can we you know, is, is that time available? That's the number one thing for me. Um, and then I find the next thing that churches are struggling with is design experience. Like, um, they know they have this grand idea of what they want to see, but they don't have the skill set to make it happen. Um, and, and I can tell you when I first started in design, that's where I was. Like I knew what I wanted to see. I could envision it. I could, I could look at a person and describe to you what I wanted to see on the page. I did not physically have the ability to go into Photoshop, to go into Illustrator, to go into at that time Quark, you know, and actually build it. Like there was, I, I spent days doing stuff that literally I can do in 15 minutes now. Um, because I just didn't know how to do it. And I see churches struggling with that over and over. They're like, well, we've got this person. They're an amazing volunteer. They'll take care of us, this for us. And I'm, you know what? I appreciate that. And I am all for volunteers. I'm all for your team doing everything in your power with what's in your hands. But the reality is, do you have the ability to do this now? If not, do you have a way you can help that person grow, but also fulfill today's need? Can we, you know, let's let's help them get there, but let's know for now you need a gap. You know, you got a stop gap. So I'm going to stop you in the middle here. So um, what would you say to a church? And and we've had this before. It's been interesting. What, what would you say to a church who says, uh, I'm going to hire you right now to do it, but I want you to meet with my guy and get him up to speed in three, four months on what you do so that in three or four months we don't have to pay you and that he can take it. Um, so, you know, that, that's that's where the tension is for me because at the end of the day, how how I make my money, how you make your money is we do the work. But the reality is for me, it's for the church. And yeah. so I would rather I would rather you hire me to create some design and then we do an addendum where I help your team or I come alongside your team. We help resource them um, so that eventually you don't need us. You don't you don't need me to be outsourcing your design where you have someone or what some churches I, I am helping now do is that I only do the big things. Right. They don't hire me every month. They're like, I need you to do Christmas, 
Easter and our big summer event. That's yeah. all I need you to handle. Okay. Yeah. Like we can do the rest in house. Great. I, that's all right. But it, it comes down to, for me, one of those other things that they struggle with is having the right resources. Like, do you physically have the resources to do it? Um, and can you help your team grow? Right. Uh, in the process. Right. Do you physically have the computer? Do you physically have the creative suite? Yes. Do you yeah. Those things. Yeah. Um, okay. N hit me with number three. Okay. So uh, number three really is about those resources. And do you have those things to create it? Um, do you have the ability to actually do it? And those are sometimes the hidden costs that we don't take into account. Like I've got $600 a year in software licensing. I can't do design with a $150 Dell we bought as a refurb from PC Mall. It just doesn't have the oomph to do it. You know, I need some specific resources. I need to have access to a printer at the end of the hall so that I can print this thing out and I can like hand proof it and I can give it to the lady at the front desk and say, would you read this over and make sure we didn't miss something? And I can walk it down the hall to the student pastor and say, can you make sure we've got everything here? We've talked through it. Let's just make sure it's there before I hit print on 150 copies for Sunday and we realize the location was missing, <laughs> you know, um, those type of things. And so, um, you know, it's those hidden costs, those resource costs that we sometimes fail to think through um, that can bite us. All right. So number four, talk, talk to me about staffing. Yeah. Um, so, so for me, and we, we alluded to this a little at the beginning, um, but the staffing costs is, you know, the reality, depending on where you're at in the country, 30,000 is about that minute, that medium ground of where you're going to be. Um, and so, but in, on top of that, then all the additional costs you have as a church, you know, you've got H HR costs, you've got the time and equipment resources that that person's going to need. You've got insurance you've got to do. You've got SSI. You've got all these things that add up really fast. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm paying someone two to 3000 a month to sit in that seat, but it's really costing me three to 4000 at the end of the day. That's just the reality of, and at least the U.S. of, of what we're up against. And so um, we don't always think that. We're like, well, we're just going to hire somebody at like 15 bucks an hour and see what we get. Um, and I found when I went to hire staff that that was a challenge. Like the people I could hire at that dollar amount were not the quality of people yeah. who I needed. Um, I needed people who were making 25, 30 an hour, or if they were freelancers, were making 45 an hour because they had to cover all their own expenses, all of those added, you know, staffing kind of costs. Um, and so really to just kind of think through, is this, what is this truly costing us in time and yeah. people hours in equipment, you know, um, and is there a portion of that I could reallocate to pay for things? If, if I could cut that in a third or a quarter and still get the exact same output, does that make sense for our church? Yeah. And it's more money for other ministry for your community. Yes. Which, which is our heart. Yes. Oh, and I, so. I want people to see that come through too, that th that's my heart. I know it's yours too, totally. that I, I want to save you money right. so that 
you can do ministry in your community that I'm not in. Only you are in your community. Only right. you are in your city. So spend that money on what events or getting people to your church or sharing the gospel evangelism things or whatever, like reach people in your community with that money. And right. I think that's where like our heart breaks for the church is like, please stop wasting money. You know, like I, we right. see it. We, we're in this day to day. We know that you're wasting money that, that you can spend that money on other things. And it doesn't even have to be me. Like find somebody that can, that right. can do it. I, this isn't a sales pitch thing. This is just a, a pl please, we know what we're talking about. Please use the church's money right. <laughs> more wisely. Right. And you know, the, the reality of it is for me that um, I know I am not the cheapest option out there. And that's, that's purposeful. Um, but I also know when someone contacts me and says, we need help in these areas, I, I don't have a problem saying, I'm not the best fit for you. You need to call my friend at so-and-so to do that project for you. Yeah. Here, it, it, they'll be able to do what you need at a price that's going to fit your church dynamic. Um, and so, uh, you know, for me, it comes back to that. It's yeah. At the end of the day, it's a, it's about the bigger church. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't have to hire me that, you know, I, I just want you to accomplish the task and do it well for the kingdom. Right. Right. And I think that this method can apply to anything. So if it helps people kind of compare, if you're going to buy a TV, a car, you know, I'm not suggesting that you go in debt, but if you get an old clunker that you have to keep pouring money into and into and into, it's going yes. to waste your money where if you bought a little bit higher price point at the front end, you right. wouldn't have to buy, you know, it's save. It's going to save you in the long run. Uh, um, if you're going to buy a computer and uh, like I'm going to suggest, I'm a Mac guy, I'm going to suggest yeah. a Mac. Um but if you get a, a, a refurbished, uh, old, cheap computer, you're going to spend more time wrestling with it and fighting with it and fixing it and pouring more money into it. Okay, so you get you get my point that I think that this can compare. Would you agree? Uh, totally and completely. Totally. Yep. Yeah. Very much so. Okay, so what can a church do to be more successful with outsourcing? Let's say that they've chosen to outsource. Okay. What can they do to be more successful and give the the designer what they need? Uh, so the churches that I serve who ha who do the best at this have a dedicated project manager. There is one person on the team, uh, and they call them different things, but there is one person on their team who the church has said, any communications-related requests, content goes through this person. And that's the person who I then interface with. So um, Natalie calls me and says, we have a sermon series coming in three weeks um, or six weeks. Uh, here's what we're thinking. We'd like to have the art next week because we will. OK, great. In addition to that, we're following it up with this kind of outreach event. So we need to start thinking through the promotion stuff. Awesome. I then ask Natalie all the questions I have. She gets me every piece of information. Um, I start working on the project. 
The proofs go back to Natalie. Natalie goes to the team and works through, hey, we found some we found some typos. We changed the way we're talking about this. Um, there's something you know we want to do a little different. This doesn't quite fit our brand the way we were hoping it would for this event. Um, and so I've got someone who is fully engaged in the process who I can talk to um, and is is my point of communication. Now, that yeah. may sound like a lot of work. The reality is Natalie is getting eight to 10 hours of design process for her half hour to 45 minutes of man project management time. So from a church standpoint, there you're spending a little on people, but you're it's nothing compared to to what you're delivering. And it just means that I, as the outsourced person, know who that person is. I build rapport with that person. I build a relationship with that person. Yeah. After, um, you know, I find that it usually takes one or two months with a, um, a recurring client to really settle in. Kind of their expectation. Here's the type of deliverables they're going to they want for a sermon series. Here's the type of deliverables they want for an event or a ministry uh, promotion of some sort. Um, what's that look of that ministry? Um, and when I've got that relationship, then I if they've got a last minute, we messed up and forgot something or, hey, can we update something from last year really fast because you know, it just totally slipped through the cracks. I've got a relationship there. I don't mind bending over backwards to pull something off for them because we've we've built that rapport in the process. Right. But it really means you got to have the right person there, and it's got to be someone who has some who has the authority to make some decisions. I was going to say decision making power. Yeah, yeah. It, they've got to have some decision making <laughs> power. Um, but they've also got to have the freedom to go ask a staff member um, sometimes some tough questions and say, I feel like we've, we're missing some information here. Mm -hmm. I don't want to send this to an outsourced person because they're going to come back and say, we're missing some info and we've lost two days in the process. So, um, you know, I, I've gone so far as to actually make a list and say, when you find a person, you know, here's some of the things I think you need to be looking for in that person. Um, you know, do they have rapport with the staff? Are they, you know, can they get not just the necessary details, but do they have enough relationship where the staff trust them to know they're working uh, as an advocate on, on behalf of the team? Right. Um, you know, are they highly organized? You know, are they looking at the the calendar and saying three months from now, I know you have something coming and I haven't heard from you about it. And I want to make sure we get it to our design team with enough time. So, you know, we get what we want. We can go back and forth. Um, you know, our, they've got an idea of what that long-term ministry view is. You know, they're, they understand the overarching vision of the church and sometimes, you know, will help direct conversations and even communication pieces to meet that. Um, you know, are they good with people? Like, I'm amazed at how many times I'm like, this is not the right person in this position. You, you picked a warm body. You didn't pick the right body. Um, and... You know, do they have an eye for detail? 
like I found um, English teachers were amazing, like to have on your your resource team. Like this proof came. Will you just look this over? Like, is it clear? Not just to the grammatical letter of the law, but is it clear? Have we truly said what we need to say? Yeah. Um, you know, and have if they can have the ability even to write a little bit is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's someone who's computer savvy is is a benefit. I've worked with a couple who like they're they struggle to email right even. And I'm or, like, it's really what, hard. What is Dropbox? Um <laughs> right. 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 Like, how do I get the file out of here? What do I do with with uh, a zip file? I don't know what to do with it. Right. Um, And so just having some of those as like a baseline makes a huge difference. It really Um, does. Yeah. You know, and if you've got someone who then even has the ability um, like I work a couple of churches I work with, they have the Adobe Creative Suite. But they know it takes them 12 times longer than it takes me. But they also know in a pinch, they can update something if they've got the file. So I share the files with them because they're like, I know it's Saturday and I goofed and missed something. I will update the Photoshop doc and, you know, export the images out kind of thing. Um, But those are like some core things that if you can have a project manager who who thinks that way. Yeah. Um, makes a huge difference. And I don't know if, if, if yours, you have that kind of relationship or you look for that kind of relationship yeah. with yours. Yeah, we do. We, we have a form or, or whoever, you know, submits their, their quote or their project. We force them into one person's information and we ask who their gatekeeper is. Um, so that we're, we are working through one person. Um, and I think that you hit on something too, with relationships. In fact, uh, we have a church that we work with that the, uh, the senior pastor is sick and has the flu. I actually found our gatekeeper guy, uh, on social media and just messaged him and said, or, or, uh, you know, and said, Hey, how's your pastor doing? Uh, you know, we were praying for him. I know he has the flu, you know, so it's a relationship where I can email message the gatekeeper, uh, the project manager person. And there's a relationship there. It's not, it goes to one person and then, or it's, it's between 12 people and you never know who is going to give you the information that you need. And you're having to chase people down and copy 17 people on your email. (laughs) Right. CC line that goes on. Yes. Uh, so yeah, we force people into that. Um, but I think, the reason why both of us do is because it really does make the the process efficient and it's really for our end and the church end. We can zip through stuff if we know who we're going to and you go, you take that to your team, you get all the revisions that you need and make me a solid list, a bulleted list. And you're going to send me back that bulleted list. And I'm just going to crank through them one by one. That is going to be how we're going to move. And we're going to move fast. Um, But if I, if it's 5,000 email threads where I'm having to figure out what Bill said, and then what pastor so-and-so said, and then hang on, I, I, I need a clear list here. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. So ministry often runs uh, short on time frames. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what can a church do to help reduce the time and rounds of edits with an outsourced designer? 
so the number one thing for me is if if you as a church know what your brand standards are, like have clear, articulated style guides makes a huge difference. So uh, I served a church this last year who had clearly articulated brand guidelines. I could do almost twice as many projects for them in the same time it took me to do just a handful of projects for other churches because I, there was no question of what they expected. Here's the here's the fonts I want. Yeah. Here's how to treat images. Here's where to source our images from. Here's when we do brochures. Here's like three or four ideas of the styles we want things to look like so that they feel like they're congruent with the organization. Um, when we do sermon series, here's kind of some loose parameters of the kinds of designs, the styles, here's suggestions even, you know, of what we see that we like. Um, and while creatively, sometimes that feels like it can box you in, it really takes care of, at least for me, a lot of the back and forth of, I'm not sure if this is really going to hit the mark. Is this really where this church is at right now? Um, and so when it's like written down, like, here's what we hope for, here's what we want to see from our design, uh, man, I can just, I can rip stuff out. I mean, I, I was pushing brochures out sometimes that it took me under an hour to like do a, a trifold brochure and like one round of edits because we had a couple lines of text and it was done um, because right. there was, I knew exactly what their expectation load was. Right. So let's, let's consider this from a church standpoint. If I'm hiring you on a monthly basis to do design yep. uh, and you know the style guide you can crank, then you're not only doing the brochure, but now you can be freed up to do other projects as well. And I can do double the amount of work for you. Yes. Because you've set you set some guidelines for me. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's good for people to hear. So what would you encourage churches to look for as they research outsourced designers? I mean, obviously our faces are amazing, uh, yes. but if they don't find us and are looking for uh, someone that would be a great fit for their church, what would you suggest that they look for? Uh, so the first thing I would say is look at the design style of the uh, the company or the person you're you're thinking about using, uh, go to their website, look at some of what they've done in the past. Uh, maybe even go online and ask uh, if there's people who have used their service and you can see samples of, of what they've done if you don't feel like you get enough of an idea. Because the reality is that every designer has a style they're gonna default to. Um, those of us who've done it long enough have the ability to kind of morph sometimes and create things that aren't necessarily in our number one, you know, strength wheelhouse, but but we know enough about the tools to create something that will work. But at the end of the day, for consistency's sake, your church wants something that looks like who you are and speaks to who you are. Right. Um, I had a senior pastor one time say to me, I love what you've created. I feel like it's who we will be in two years, but it's not who we are today. So how can we tone this back a little to meet where we are today, not where we all know we're headed? And so it was a great 
reminder to me um, of thinking, is this design style fit? Um, And the next one then is, you know, does that person have an understanding of church communications? Do they have some background in the church? Do they have an understanding of what it takes to communicate effectively in the church with um, church, you know, with people? Because it's really easy to hire a designer. But if that designer doesn't really understand church background, church history, use of symbolism, use of icons, ministry in general, um, it can be really tough to deliver consistently quality work. Yeah. You know, Um, and then we've already alluded to this some, but accessibility, like, can I get this person on the phone? If I send an email, are they going to respond to me this afternoon? You know, is it going to be three days before I hear back from this person again? Because there's nothing worse than that when you're on a short time frame to not know, like, how quick is this going to turn around? Like, I, I've i established things with, with my clients that, you know, you can expect your project's going to be finished in X number of days. So you're going to hear from me within you submit a project, you're going to hear from me in the first 24 hours about that project as we start dreaming. And I ask any questions to clarify and, you know, but that we you have some understanding of what that accessibility is going to be like. Yeah. And how do I get a hold of this person, um, you know, to, to make changes, those type of things. Um, and it is really important. And you actually mentioned this earlier, but um, you have a clear project submission process. When I, as the church communicator, or the, the project manager, have a project to send to my outsourced designer, what steps do I take to do it? How do I you know, get that information to them? How do they answer the questions? Is there a form? Is there a formalized system to start a project? Um, what do you I, use? I use a, um, I have a Google form that, populates and sends me a message that says someone submitted, you know, a, a this content. Um, I drop all that content into Asana and then we manage the project details, the del- deliverables and everything in Asana. Um, for me, it's not the best solution, but it's worked pretty well. Uh, at least we know immediately, like I get the, the most important five things I have to have you know, for that. And then I can ask for specifics, you know, if I need specifics after the fact, but it at least gets the project started. Yeah. Um, you know, I know some people are just like, well, just send me an email. And, you know, 52 Mm -hmm. emails later, we're still asking questions and I haven't got enough info to actually create a design. Right. Right. So, um, you know, but having a clear process in, you know, um, and then do you have a management process? And uh, for me, it's a sauna. That's how I know, you know, how are we going to go back and forth once this project is actually started? Um, how are we proofing it? Where are those details coming? You know, I hit send and it's not unusual for me on a Wednesday or Thursday, all of a sudden, like my email is just ding, 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 because everyone is getting their Asana notices that, hey, your project is you know, your proofs are ready. Let's make sure. Let's go back and forth. And we're, you know, cleaning stuff up. Uh, it didn't quite work. This worked. You know, let's make edits here. Yeah. But just knowing that that how we're going to manage those projects, um, because, you know, email is is great until email isn't. So those are kind of the ways that I like to see. Do 
does this organization incorporate those core yeah. things, you know, yeah. so that we all are, we're not wasting time. We're being efficient. Um, yeah. You know, I would rather serve you more and serve you effectively, you know, and, and that's what having process does. Yeah. So I think our conversation has been super interesting in that it's kind of a behind the scenes of the designer. Yeah. You know, and again, uh, pastors, leaders, you don't have to buy from us, but this is a behind the scenes. This is what's going on when you're submitting your project. Right. This is what's going through us as the designers uh, head right. and process on the back end with our teams on how to get that done for you. So uh, these are some great tips on how to how to serve your designer well. One, how to <laughs> choose one and make sure making sure that you're choosing a great one and then how to manage that process well. All right. So, Ryan, um, Kind of wrap this uh, whole discussion up for me, and in just a couple of sentences, tell me why I should outsource. Why outsourcing my design is the smart choice for a church. So, if your church wants to increase the quality of your communications and free your team to work on the things you actually hired them for, then outsourcing to design is something you really need to consider. It's a good choice for your church. Cool. Well, man, any uh, any parting thoughts as we uh, as we head out today? Um, no specific parting thoughts other than, uh, you know, this isn't an ad, but if you're wanting to, you know, talk this kind of stuff, I I love having conversations with people. And as I mentioned before, I will point you other places, this, yeah. you know, and and I know you will as well with people if they aren't, you know, you just you need to ask some questions Maybe you had a bad experience. You want to know, is there something different you could do as an organization to not have that experience with outsourcing again? Yeah. You know, hit, hit me up on social. I would love to have those kind of, you know, to help you at the end of the day, reach more people. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I appreciate your heart in that, man. And I um, I think that I, I hope and pray that pastors are hearing that uh, and that folks are hearing that, that feel free to reach out to us and say, hey, who can I go to? Or it might be I don't need design. I might need something else or I might need a printer or something right. like that. Like re reach out to us. Let us know because we'd be glad to uh, suggest people to you. I know you know folks. Yep. We both know folks and we, we hang out a lot on social media too. So, uh, you know, pastors, find us. We'd be glad to, to help you. Ryan, you're, man, you're such a great guy. I, I so appreciate your heart on uh, on social media and everywhere else. Just uh, just how your, your ministry heart comes through. I, I so appreciate that, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I, yeah, I have loved following what you guys are doing as well and just seeing how these conversations really help the church, you know, as yeah. a whole to grow in our understanding yeah. of how the process works. Well, man, thanks. I, I hope that people check out last week's episode and, uh, and have enjoyed this week's episode as well. So, man, thank you so much for your time. You bet. Have a great week. This has been an all access interview from 1230 Media. For more interviews, training, and exclusive content for your production team, visit 1230.media slash training. Have a topic or question for the show? Visit thechurchmediapodcast.com to contact us today. Back to your host, church media coach, Carl Barnhill. Hey guys, remember you can continue the conversation on our Making Sunday Happen Facebook group. 
It's a community for church leaders, staff, and volunteers who execute the weekend worship experience, and it's growing like crazy. I think last week we had several hundred people join the group just in the last uh, week or so. So be sure to join that community. Just search Making Sunday Happen today on Facebook to find and join the group. My buddy Steve Dirks runs that group and uh, just send a a request uh, to be invited or or to join the group and uh, Steve or myself will accept you uh, really quickly. So jump into that group, search Making Sunday Happen on Facebook to check that out. If you'd like more information about this episode of our podcast, as well as helpful links, videos, PDFs, and more, and access to our entire podcast library, visit thechurchmediapodcast.com. You can also check out my full interview with Ryan about why outsourcing your design is the smart choice right there on the show notes page. You can watch uh, that interview there. Next week on the show, I welcome... Phil Battle back to the podcast. Phil and I chatted a couple of years ago about communications. Uh, He was on the podcast, but uh, I've recently had uh, Phil back and we chat about the changes in communication that we've had in the church over the last few years. We also talk about his brand new book, Rethink Communication. So you'll get tons of really practical content over the next two weeks from Phil. Thank you guys for listening. Go out there and create some incredible worship experiences this weekend. I'll catch you next week. The Church Media Podcast is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media and produced by David Michael Hyde. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your team, visit thechurchmediapodcast.com.